0: Welcome to Joy Christian Center. We're so glad you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, please join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. Our services last about an hour. We pray that today's message will inspire and challenge you.
1: Brian, this is Joy Christian Center. We're honored to have you with us this morning. And uh, I hear there's a football game tonight. How many of you are going to be watching that? All right. How many? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I heard this uh, on TV. It wasn't even on the internet. But they expect that there will be $330 million spent on pizza tonight. That's a lot of pizza. That is a lot of, I mean, Pizza Ranch, you got to be loving stuff like that. But anyway, uh, uh, it's a big party, it's a big celebration, and uh, I, I don't know, I, I, it's amazing just in my lifetime of, of where the Super Bowl started and where it ended up, or I should ended up where it is today, how big it is. It's, a, it's like a national holiday now. They're talking about Mondays, you know, let's take Monday off, because, uh, you know, and it's which actually that probably is not a bad idea either but then I heard somebody yesterday was saying to me why don't maybe they should just do the Super Bowl on a Saturday and then and I said like, well no let's not mess up a Sunday I mean <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, good grief. huh? So anyway, uh, you know, if you're watching the game tonight, then uh, you're you're going to be in good company. But I believe this. I believe that there's something way better than a football game, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's he's defeated the devil. He's given us the victory. Uh, you know, it, it, if you've ever played a game where somebody's going to spot you a few points. Um, what Jesus did is he he defeated the devil. He spotted us twenty one points in the game to twenty one and declared us the winner. And so we, we step in that now we still gotta we still gotta walk out there. We still gotta, you know, strap it on and, and remind the devil that he's defeated because he's trying to, you know, fool us all the time. And uh and so anyway, we, we trust that you're going to live in that way. We uh, are beginning a new series this morning that we're calling This Is Us. And let me just give you a quick disclaimer. It has absolutely nothing to do with the television show, even a little bit. I've never actually even watched it, but, but the, the, it, it expresses for me, that title expresses for me something that I want you as a congregation, as a church to understand. Um, we celebrated last year 25 years, a 25-year anniversary, which is amazing to me. Um, it was a, a very interesting time from about July till, um, you know, for me, July, August, kind of just some planning and praying and thinking about that series of services that we did in September. Um, you know, there was some reassessing it for me, just some, you know, just, it's like, wow, it's 25 years, I mean, it just happens that fast, and, and for those of you who, who perhaps have been, started attending in the last couple of years, there's a lot of history that we as a church have, and, you know, 25 years of life, and to try to go through, you know, 25 years of God moving, and people, and, and, and experiences, and events, and all those things, that's a daunting task to try to do that, and uh, somewhat impossible. And uh, But a, a couple of the key points that I think are so important for us to understand, we said from day one, and we're still saying 25 years later, we are a family church teaching people to reach their world. We are a family church teaching people to reach their world. This is us. This is who we are. And, and 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 we don't believe in trying to reinvent the wheel. We will learn from other churches. We will learn from other places. But it, but we always want to make sure that we're keeping the heart of joy, this family church that teaches people how to reach their world. We always want to try to make sure that we're still keeping that foremost in our thinking and in our mind. And when we began this church, and it's a weird thought, if I don't probably most of you have never thought about this, but 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 it's one thing to say we're gonna start a church and find a place to start a church and then, you know, hope and pray and believe that people are going to actually show up at that place that you're starting a church at and then, well, what do you say to the people who might actually be there? What do you say? I mean, where do you start? It's a whole Bible. It's in, you know, and who knows? And and, and one of the things for me uh, uh, that, that are important for me, and it's a, a key verse, if you will, but in the book of Acts, and, and the book of Acts is called the book of Acts because it was the church in action, the church acted. And so these are the acts of the early church, and there was an experience that happened in Acts chapter 8, and go ahead and put the scripture up there, in Acts chapter 8 and verse 5, and I kind of put two verses together, Acts 5 and 8, it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ. Christ to them. And there was great joy in that city and for me that encapsulated a thought something that I believe and still believe to this day I have I have a very simple belief and that simple belief is this if we could somehow effectively make Jesus known If we could preach Christ in a way that he could simply and effectively be made known and give people an opportunity to respond, that there would be great joy in our city, just like there was in in this region where Philip went down, he preached Christ. And when you think about it, I I, I wasn't trying to preach a denomination, I wasn't trying to preach a religion, I was trying to preach, and still do, try to preach about Jesus. Talk about what he has done for us and how what he did 2,000 years ago affects us today, and not only us, but it should affect the world around us, and that's what happened in that day, is that Christ was preached and there's a couple of verses that talks about how the people responded but then after they responded there was great joy in that city and I can't think of anything that would be better than that 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 I and for me success is when I might say something on a Sunday morning or you might hear something in a small group or something may impact your life in a way that is positive but then you take that and you share it with somebody else that's what success for me as a pastor is that you've actually received something that is beneficial for your life but then you share it with somebody else. That's a family church teaching people how to reach their world. You are not to be the dead end of information, but you're to be a channel that it runs through. And that's really what the church is. That's really what the church is supposed to do. And so for me, for the last 25 years, uh, and I've said this, uh, it's not original with me, but I've said this many times, that Christianity is simple, but it's not easy. Understanding Christianity and what God wants is pretty simple, but the living out part of it is difficult at times. It makes us it causes us to sometimes make difficult challenges. And when you think about this, when Christ is preached, there's great joy. And and and, and I think that, that at times God and Jesus have been misrepresented by people that, that maybe don't know that, that are talking about somebody that they don't really know you could be really educated in the Bible and not know God and not know Jesus. But part of why Jesus came, he came to show us the Father. He came to open up a door where we could experience God, where we could experience Jesus the Son, experience the Holy Spirit, experience these things. And, and if you've ever heard the phrase, it's better felt than tellt. There are times that Christianity is that. I can't always explain everything, but there's a reality that is in me because I've experienced something, and I want that for you, and that's what produces joy. In in fact, that's why our website is Great Joy. It it comes from that verse. We want there to be great joy in where God has planted us here in central Minnesota. And so part of my job as, as, as a pastor, part of my job as your pastor is to endeavor to lead you on a path, to lead you on a journey, if you will, from where you are right now, because how many of you know that where you are is where you are? You cannot start where you're not. And most people do not start because of where they're not. Because they're always saying, well, as soon as I get this taken care of, as soon as I'm that, as soon as this, as soon as that, then. No. Where you are is where you are. Acknowledge where you are. You know, imagine being at Crossroads Mall or at the Mall of America and looking at the little directory and seeing the star. You are here. That's where you are. It may not be pretty where you are, but that's where you are. Amen? And so my job is to take you, where, and I'm, we're going to love you where you are, but we're going to get ticked off if you're still there in five years. All right? Because we're going on a journey. We're going somewhere. This church has a life to it. And so that's, that's, that's kind of where we began 25 years ago, and, and, and I believe where our heart still is today. And, and so I've said this a lot of times to this congregation. I want you to hear me say it again. I have three great desires in my life. This is, this is my life script. And for 25 years at this church, this is what I've been trying to do. Number one, I want, and I'm passionate about this because I used to be the other side of this. And I know what this part feels like. And I don't want people to feel what I felt. And number one, I want those who are lost, who don't know Jesus, I want the lost to be found. And we as a church, be as a pastor, and we as a church will do everything that we possibly can, short of sin, short of something illegally being done. We're gonna do everything that we can to help people know who Jesus is, to help the lost to be found. But I'm not satisfied with you knowing that Jesus is your Savior. That's important, but that's not the end of the road. I want those that the, the I want the lost that have now been found to become great followers of Jesus Christ. I want the Teaching and preaching of the word of God to affect our life in such a way that we live differently, we walk differently, we talk differently. So I want the lost to be found. I want the found to be disciples of the f- and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And number three, how many of you know what number three is? I want to have fun. I want to have a blast while I'm doing the first two. I really, really do. And I hope that you understand. I hope you know. And, and sometimes we're not fun. I, I want us to be fun. And some, I honestly hold back a lot of times because I think you're going to get mad at me or think that I'm stupid or crazy. And actually, I shouldn't even think that because you already think that anyway. It shouldn't even stop me. But but my whole point is that life is is too short to not have fun. For whatever reason, we, I think we have the idea that God is this fuddy-duddy up in heaven that just is mad at everything and doesn't want us to have any fun. He's always like, you know, he's like the crabby neighbor. Shh, quiet. Get them kids out of here. I think that's who people think God is. And he's not that way. I mean, think. I I remember as a youth pastor going to youth camp and teenagers, are like, you know, the guy would get up there, all right, kids, we're going to have a blast, man. We're going to get up in the morning and we're going to have some great games and a lot of fun. And then we're going to have a session and we're going to teach. And then we're going to have some more fun at lunchtime. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. Then we're going to have a session and we're going to teach. And then in the afternoon, it's going to be great games. We're going to have an awesome time. And then at the night, we're going to come together for a service. And I'm thinking God is in heaven going, why am I the bad guy? How come it? That's why we did Fall Fun Fest. I believe that the church, instead of saying no to everything, the church should have the best parties in town. Amen? Now, that's what I think. And apparently, some of you think that too. That's why you're a part of this crazy church. But this is us. This is who we are. And I want you to understand in as an, an unapologetic way as I possibly can, yet lovingly let you know, this is who we are. We're not a perfect church. I don't know that we're even the best church, but we're this church for who we are right now. Where we are is where we are, <laughs> amen, and you can't start where you're not, and that's that's kind of who we are and where we're at, and so in this series, in this series, This Is Us, that's what we're going to talk about. Who are we? You need to know some of these things because it's important, and in, in Proverbs chapter 29, 18, and I, I don't know why, but I've been on this thing where I just am enjoying reading verses that I've become pretty familiar with from different translations. Because, I, 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 again, I'll say it, I feel like sometimes that part of, you know, when we hear of something that is familiar to us, this verse is familiar to a lot of people. We automatically, oh I've heard that before, and we sort of disconnect and we think I've heard it before, so therefore I know what it says and 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 we just sort of go back to la la land in our brain and don't don't pay attention. And so I've personally been just looking at different familiar scriptures in different versions and here in Proverbs 29:18 it is a scripture that in the King James version uh in in the King James version it tells us that uh, um You know, without a vision, the people perish. But I read this from the message. I want to read this to you from the message. It says this, if people can't see what God is doing, then they'll stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are the most blessed. When people know what God is doing, if people can't see what God is up to, if we're not aware of what he's doing, If it hasn't registered in in our spirit, if it hasn't registered in our heart, if we can't see what he's doing, then we're going to stumble all over themselves. But, everybody say but. When they attend to what he reveals. So we need to see what he's doing, but then there's a second part. We have to attend to what now he is revealing to us. When you attend to what God reveals to you, that's when we're the most Blessed. The mo- we just finished a series, Living Large, and we were talking about that because God loves us, He has blessed us and He wants to increase us. We said some, you know, talked about some things that hopefully your 2017 will be better at the end than it is right now or better than your 2016. When we cooperate with the things that God reveals, seven laws that God has given to us, if we understand those, cooperate with those, he, he brings increase into our life. And, 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 and here's another example. When we see what he's doing and then attend it to the things that he's doing, that's when we're the most blessed. Now, we have a tendency to look at the things that God is doing, and when we understand some of the requirements of it, we think, that's, that's, that's not a blessing. That's hard. I don't want to do those things, and part of that is, is because of a selfishness in us, and part of that is because sometimes we misunderstand what it is that he is saying to us. And so, this is us, and, and I want to give us a, a bit of a 30,000-foot view First of all, in the beginning of this series and, and uh, talking about this is us, who who, who we are. And so um, you, most of you or many of you were handed a, a brochure, a, a, a thing, this right here. If you have that, great. You can take that out. Uh, you probably already looked at it. If you don't have one and would like one, if you would just hold your hand up, our Connections team will, will make sure that you get one. And um, there's a couple of things that I want to point out and talk about and and. And and that are really really important to me and and we try to do this every year, um, we give a a quick synopsis of, of the year in review and and uh, uh, we certainly can't cover just like we couldn't cover everything in 25 years it's impossible to cover everything uh, that happened in this last year and and so I want to you know take want you to take a moment and look at some of those things but then um, I want you to understand a couple of things and so let me just say it like this first of all you need to know this and and. You maybe think you know this, and I'm going to try to unpack over the next couple of weeks, but particularly this morning, how important this is. I don't know that I've ever said it quite like this. In fact, I know I haven't said it like this to this church before. But this church moves at the speed of us. This church, Joy Christian Center, moves at the speed of us. It moves at the speed of what we're willing to embrace. It moves at the speed of what we're willing to say yes to. It, it, it moves at the speed of what is important to us, the congregation and the people here at Joy. Hold on one a second. second. having just a little bit of technical issues and difficulties here. All right, but, but, but my point simply is this. This church moves at the speed of us. This church moves at the speed of our generosity, that is our time, our talent, and our treasury, and the opportunities that we have. This Church moves at the willingness of us, us, we, you, and me to embrace the opportunities with our time, our talent, and our treasury. And and why I say that is because everything that this church has accomplished in this last year or the last 25 years is a direct reflection of you and me. Certainly God, yes. I mean... We can't discount that. That is his power. But you know what? God has to have cooperation of his people for his will to be done on planet Earth. For his will to be done in central Minnesota, he needs like-minded people who are willing to embrace the opportunities that he presents with their time, with their energy, and with their talent. And I can tell all of you are looking at that not even hearing a word I'm saying right now, aren't you? Uh, uh, Go ahead and take a look. All right, now, <clears throat> so let me just hit, hit a couple of highlights, a couple of things real quick. Since you're all looking at the financial information already, um, I want you to notice a couple of things. Number one, uh, re, we took in last year as a result of tithes and offerings. That's the 10th, 10%. We believe that as a follower of Christ that, that we should eventually get to a point that we are percentage givers. We're not giving what is left over. The Bible says that we are to give the first fruits, the first part of our increase, and I think the reason God wants the first part of our increase is because that declares, God, we're trusting you. It's easy to give the last part. It's easy to give what's left over. But God says, I want you to give the first part. And, and it was an agrarian society then. It was, you know, a, a, a farming society. And so he said, I want you to give the first cow. I want you to give the first sheep. I want you to give the best one, the first one. And, and we would be like, well, wait a second. I mean, that's, that's the first one. It's easy in that sense. It doesn't take faith to give the 10th one. It takes faith to give the first one. And so this is a result of of our giving, a little over... $940,000 Nine hundred and forty thousand dollars was given through tithes and offerings. There's other money that came in. I call it kind of wash money. It's money that went in for a project or it went in for camp it went in for something and then it was given back out paid back out that kind of a thing but just general operating was nine hundred and forty thousand dollars, which you say that's a lot of money i say it is a lot of money thank you that is and and yet it's a little bit less than 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 a year ago, and you might say, well, why was it less than a year ago? Well, because people gave less a year ago than, or this year, than they did last year. That's why, I don't know exactly why, but but that's part of the reason, and, and so that $940,000, so that represents ministry in central Minnesota and around the world. That represents what we are able to do because this church moves at the speed of us, and so Joy to the World offering, a little over $27,000. Those of you who may not know, some of you have continued to give. Thank you for doing that. But but as of uh, calendar or year end, was a little over $27,000. Isn't it amazing what $49,95 can do? Isn't that amazing? I mean, really, isn't that amazing what, what we can do? Remember, everyone can do more than someone can. I couldn't write a check for $25,000. I couldn't give to neither. Some of you couldn't either. But we can. And so that joy to the world fund is used for blessing other ministries, other churches, opportunities that present itself for us to be a blessing, and and that's really the heart of it. Uh, and, and then you can see that our expenses were nine hundred and fourteen thousand dollars, so uh, roughly uh, roughly twenty five thousand, right around there. That was that we didn't spend. And and personally, I believe while we have a reserve, we should have a reserve, want to have a reserve. I believe that that you who give money you want to give money you you give those finances for us to do ministry not for us to sit on amen that's what i think and so we de- i mean we're very conservative in how we do what we do but but we also believe that that this is opportunity to t- touch people and to reach lives and so I can't say enough, first of all, thank you for everybody who has the trust and confidence of this church to be able to, to sow finances, to give so that we can do what we can do. And so I, 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 presented, I want to present a couple of things to you. First of all, I have a prayer that I pray it often, and I believe, God, that this church will be debt-free. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe that that is something that is going to happen. And I encourage you to continue to believe God with me. Right now, we owe about $1.2 million. And so if you're here today and you've been wondering what you were going to do with that $1.2 million, I've got a great nonprofit that, that could use some help. And so if that is you, come and talk to me, find me. Nobody did it after the first service, so you must be here in the second service. Uh, but, but I'm believing God for that because that, again, represents more that we could do. So I have a goal. I want us to be debt-free. How many of you know that's a good thing? It would be a good thing to be debt-free. We're not there yet, but but that would be a good thing. But while I want to be debt-free, number two, I want to fully fund effective ministry. We're not wasteful and we're not extravagant, but we want to be effective in the ministry that we do. And number three, I have a responsibility, we have a responsibility to take care of the people that have the responsibility for the oversight of the ministries that happen here at Joy. And that means the, the, the you know, a payroll, that means staff, that means making, you know, the Bible says that those that, that Paul uses the analogy of an ox... I don't like that analogy necessarily, but he uses the analogy of an ox. The oxen, they they eat while they're treading out the corn. And so it is right that the staff and the people that this church has hired is paid from what comes in uh, uh, as a result of that. In fact, the apostle Paul said that if they rule well, they're worthy of double honor. They should be paid twice as much. Most people don't know that's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And so... We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to take care of the people that, are, that have been hired to oversee ministry. So when I weigh all of that, when I think about that, I want to be debt free. I really, really, really do because there's freedom that comes in that. There really is. But I also want to have an effective ministry, and I also want to make sure that the people that have been hired to take care of ministry are well taken care of. Do you understand? I mean, we understand that, right? I mean, that, that's, and so I have three goals that I always present. I want you to know what those three goals are. Number one, I have three goals when it comes to money. Number one is $875,000. That is what I call hard costs. That is everything that it takes to do church every week. It costs us $875,000 this year, Because of things like salaries, insurance, vehicles that break down with kids on the bus on a trip somewhere. (laughs) They they don't break down when they're sitting in the parking lot. They just break down when we use them. And so those are costs. Those are things that we have to think about. You would not believe. This is all, uh, this is... uh, uh, um, Well, I mean, those are the hard costs. Thirteen thousand dollars just—how many of you? Well, thirteen thousand dollars, roughly, for our monthly mortgage payment. How many of you appreciate that this building generally is warm when you come in in the winter time, or it's cool in the summertime? Well, they don't—they don't give that away. Shocker! Four thousand dollars a month. Now, we don't have to have air conditioning. We don't have to have heating. Most of you wouldn't come back if we didn't. <laughs> and I wouldn't either. <laughs> and so those are just things that are costs. This is salaries and all of those things. That's just the cost of, of doing ministry week to week. And, and, you know, it's a big church, big operation that happens here. The second number is $985,600. That's $110,000, a little bit over that, to fund basic ministry. To fund Pastor Tommy's gonna to use some of that and he's gonna bless t- teenagers. If you've had if you've ever had teenagers or have teenagers, how many of you know they like to eat? So one of the things he does is he feeds them when they come. He blesses them when they come. He feeds them the word of God as well. Pastor Tim is gonna use some of that money. He's gonna buy puppets and he's gonna do some really creative stuff with with our kids. You would not believe the amount of coffee that you all consume. I think the biggest fight that we would have as a church is if we said, yeah, we're not going to do coffee anymore. Because people won't put a lid on it and they spill it and it runs down on somebody else's coat or somebody else's purse or somebody else's shoes. And then we got to clean it and they get mad at us because you spilled your coffee. <laughs> but we're still going to have coffee because we like coffee. Amen. And we do, we appreciate that. Orange juice. And, and so, uh, you know, we, we provide snacks for kids. And this is everything from the pens that, that are in the back of the seat in front of you and the paper and the printing and, and, and the ministry that happens. I don't know why, but if, you know, I appreciate Our worship team rocks. They're awesome. Our tech team, they do a great, amen. Give them a hand. They do a great job. They really, really do. But I'm telling you that if there's ever anything that breaks or is needed in the creative arts tech thing, it never starts with a hundred. it starts with 5,000. Well, how much is that going to cost? Never mind. I already know is we're starting at 5,000. I mean, it's just the way that it is. It really, really is. So that 110,000 is going to go for that, but that's not the last number. I believe that faith should always have a goal. I think that, that we should always be believing God, that we should always be expecting God to do something bigger and better. And so I have a faith goal, and that faith goal is $1.25 million. I, I'm believing that by the end of this year, that, that, that there will be $1,250,000 given to this congregation, this church. You say, well, Pastor Brian, you only need 980, whatever it is. And, and I say, exactly. But there's a whole lot of stuff that we still want to do. There's a lot of things that need to be done around here that we can do. And so that gives us breathing room. That gives us ability to pay down debt. It gives us ability to do things. And so here's what I know, that if we are going to hit that goal, God's going to have to bless somebody in here. God's going to have to move in some way. I had somebody tell me before first service, it said, Pastor Brian, I thought I won the Powerball because the first, I had the first two numbers. I'm like, well, I don't know. Okay. Well, and they were like, it would have changed. I said, well, that will change your day, won't it? <laughs> she said, yeah, I would have changed yours too Because I would have tithed and I'm, Okay, well, you know, hallelujah We're both in the same boat at the end of this conversation, aren't we? So anyway <laughs> We're both hoping, but it, it's not there So so anyway, I said all of that to say to you today That, that this is us and, and, and this church moves at the speed of us and, and and I know that people get weirded out When you start talking about money in church I hate talking about money in church But, but it is a reality And we want you to know That we, first of all We're conservative, I'm very conservative when it comes to spending money here and and I'm always thinking about what I consider the bottom line and and, and we want you to know that we do everything we can to handle what you give with the most integrity and honor and, and honesty that we possibly can. We are not being frivolous and wasteful. Some people, I guess, could say, think that we are because, you know, we have lights or we have things like this, but, but we're always trying to enhance, the, enhance what we do, and, 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 you know, I don't believe the church should be done like it was in the 40s or 50s or 60s. I think the church should be done the way that people are used to life being done, and so life is different in 2017 or 2016. What we expect in 2016 or 17 is way different than what, we, what I expected in the 70s or the 90s, and so we always want to be current with what we're doing but I presented all of this and say this to you you need to know that you are a part of a very healthy financial church or a financially healthy church you really really are this is and 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 yet this is us we we move at the speed of we and so I have to say that because you, I have to say that, that the financially healthy part of us is because of you and, and, and me. I mean, I, I'm a giver in this church, and we, Shelly and I tithe. We go beyond our tithe, and, and we believe that it belongs right here. And so um, we don't take for granted what you give. And uh, Pastor Tommy and others have put together a, a video. We want you to watch it. It's a little bit of a highlight, just a remembrance of some of the things of 2016. And I hope that you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot, yeah. So here we go with that.
0: 2016 was a year to remember, but in case you forgot some of what's happened, here's some happenings that might make you laugh, cry, or say what? The biggest news of the year has to be Pokemon Go. The app got young people from all over the world off the couch and away from their TV to walk around outside with their faces glued to their phones. I don't know if any of that's better, technically. The death of Prince caught many off guard, and the purple rain I guess only lasted half a season. Well, there's always next year. Speaking of there always being next year, the Chicago Cubs don't have to say that anymore because they won the World Series after a 108 year drought. Kids for decades to come will ask, where were you when the Cubs won? We elected Donald Trump to be president. That's right, he'll be the first president to already have a commercial airliner as a private jet before taking office. It was an unforgettable year in the world, and it was an unforgettable year here at Joy. Hi, my name's Maddie, and I have the honor of calling Joy my home church. Like many of you, I've been a part of JOY for many years, and I can honestly say that 2016 has been an incredible year. 2016 saw the start of the Dream Team. All those that serve at JOY are now on one team that's perceived as the perfect combination for a particular purpose, and that purpose is to make a difference. In student ministry, there was a lot of changes, from doing traditional student ministry every Wednesday, to creating what we call merge night and small group nights. The band led worship at a youth ministry service in Monticello and also did a worship set for a church's water baptism. The Sycamore Fund was also created, which helps support other youth ministries in central Minnesota with money to be used for ministry purposes. Family ministry touched the lives of hundreds of families. The ministry team did puppets and drama at a St. John's event and chapel for St. Cloud Christian School, as well as putting on vacation Bible adventure in two different locations. There were new recruits trained in the RISE Leadership Course and many other experiences provided by GIFT and Royal Rangers. Growth Track also started, and we're so glad it did. After our second service is done, people from all different backgrounds and walks of life come together for food, connecting, and training with the desire of discovering purpose. You can actually join us for Growth Track today. In the fall, we had the honor of celebrating our 25-year anniversary. That's right, we've been here for 25 years and I can say we've come a long way from being a church that met in North Junior High to where we are today. This place started in the hearts of Pastor Brian and Shelley and our hearts with theirs carried on today. Now here's some more sights and sounds of things that happened in 2016. Hi, I'm Pastor Anna Payne. I just wanted to give you a quick update on all that's happening here in Bertram at Brighter Days Family Church. Uh, We've been in a building project for some time now, and we're finally coming to the uh, time where we're gonna be able to open the door soon. We're just really excited to see all that God's gonna be doing and all that he's already done and all the people that have given up their time and their talent and their gifts and finances to really make this come about it's it's been such a blessing so thank you as we look forward let's be reminded that god has been faithful and let's believe that because of that faithfulness we know that he will continue to help us become a family church teaching people to reach their world
1: Amen. Give yourselves a hand this morning. Praise God. This is us. This church moves. This church moves at the speed of we. It moves at the speed of us. It moves at the speed of our willingness to use our time, our talent, and our treasury, in the opportunities that God provides. Uh, for us. I mentioned the scripture in Proverbs chapter 29, and to alert my tech booth up back there, uh, I'm just going to chop this baby up and so be ready for anything kind of a thing. But in Proverbs 29, uh, 18, again, that scripture tells us if people can't see what God is doing, which is part of my job is to help declare, it is to help say what it is that God is doing among us. I've prayed a prayer for 25 years here. I, I, I pray this, God, help, help us as a church to do what you've anointed to be done. Help us to do the right thing, not the good thing. Help us to do the thing that you want us to do. There's a lot of different ways to do church, but help us to do church the way you want us to do church the uh, how you've gifted us and that flavor and so if people can't see what God is doing they will stumble all over themselves but the second part of that is that once you see what he's doing you need to engage in that you need to you need to to embrace that and then begin to walk or live in accordance with that and then that's when the blessing of God begins to happen and so uh, uh, i want to give you four words that for me describe what it is that God is doing here at JCC this is us this is who we are and for Four words that describe what it is. And that first word, we'll put it up here. The first word is the word follow. Everybody say follow. I believe this that God wants us to develop fully formed followers of Christ. That you and I should pursue the followership of Jesus with a passionate heart and, and in his life. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, a familiar scripture for a lot of people, but Jesus basically said this He called his disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. And he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, how many of you want to be a follower of Jesus? All right, well, this is what he said. If you want to be a follower, you must put aside your own pleasures and shoulder your cross and follow me closely. Now, that... Means something meant something different for them that it means for us today. Because when we think of the cross, we maybe think of jewelry, we maybe think of something on our wall, or we see think of something that adorns a church. But a cross was way, way different to the people that Jesus was talking about, because they understood that the cross was a place of death. There were many that had probably had family members that had been killed or crucified by the Romans. There are others who had perhaps seen you know streets lined with crosses. They they lived it, and smelled it, they understood it in a way. Different than we understand it. And yet, if we are to be a follower of Christ, and for some people, you know, and it says, you know, to give up our pleasures, well, I, I, that carries a negative connotation. And, and there's an element that I suppose is accurate, but it goes back to the heart of the statement that Christianity is, is simple, but it's not easy. You will find in your followership of Christ that what you want for you will be different than what God wants for you. And that's when there's a conflict sometimes, and that's when there's a difficulty. But God doesn't bring that into your life to make your way difficult and hard. It isn't because he doesn't want you to have a a fun time or a good time or good things. It isn't that at all. It's simply because he's the author of life, and he knows what it takes and is required to live a happy and successful life on planet Earth. There are You and I, we've all probably been in this situation where we have done what is pleasing to us, we've done what feels good to us, and then at the end of that, we've been at a point where it's like, that was stupid, wish I wouldn't have done that. Anybody ever been there? See, what I wanted for me seemed like the good thing, but if I'd have just done what God wanted, it would have been way better, so to be a follower of Christ is important. And so, in fact, today after service, this is this part of Growth Track. After today's service, uh, Pastor Tim leads a group, leads a class. And, and it's all about what it means to be a follower of Christ. It is designed to help us take steps towards that followership of Christ. I, I'm going to make a statement to you. Here at Joy, we play the long game. And I want us as a church to, this is us, I want us to embrace this idea. We play the long game. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? What that means is you're not finished yet. What that means is for some of you, it's taken you three or four months to get as perfect as you are. And I expect you to have the same grace towards other people that aren't yet as perfect as you are because they're at a different place on the journey. We will never close our doors to anybody. We will never reject people we won't do that and and if you're here and you've been rejected at other places we want you to know you've come to a hospital some of us have been in the hospital a little bit longer we're a little farther down the road than you are but we're going to love you and we're going to help you we want but we're not if you're if you're still here 10 years later and you haven't been helped yet then there's a problem and that's the next step. We want followers, we want to know what it means to be a follower of Christ. That's why we encourage people. You know, every week we're, we're, we're paying money. We're, we're buying everybody lunch. And we're saying, come and be a part of Grill Track. Find out today what it means to be a follower of Christ. But we also want you to connect. It is so important that you become connected with other followers of Christ. Because whether you want to understand it or not, believe it or not, eventually you're going to have a difficult patch in your life. And we are a family church. And we want to help people. I'll just tell you right now, I can't help everybody. I've had people mad at me because I haven't been able to be there for whatever it was that they that that they needed. And I and I will I will support your right to be anonymous in this church. I know that not everybody, I know that for some people you want to come late and leave early. You want to sit by yourself. You want to come in, you want to hear it, enjoy it, then you want to leave. And that's fine if you want to be that and do that. I'm not going to stop you at all. But I've, I've said before, I will say it again, if, if please don't get mad at us if we treat you as though you're anonymous. Because the only way that we can know who you are is if you are connected, if you're a part of. I've had people say, you know, I've been here for five years. Well, it looks like you're a ghost then. Because and I don't mean that I don't mean it disrespectfully or mad, but I've had people mad at me. Well, you didn't know, and you and it's like, how can we know, unless you're connected? I know when my wrist, I, I would not know if my hand was disconnected. I would know that. And Paul uses the analogy of the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We're not joints out of place. We're not bones out of place. And a local assembly is to be the same way. And again. I get it that people, I'm that way. I don't want people bugging me all the time. But I have to embrace what the Bible says. And the Bible says that if you want to have friends, then you must show yourself friendly. That a brother is born for adversity. That I need that family aspect of people in my life. Because you are who you associate with. And so we want to encourage you to get connected. Next week, I do a class in our growth track about what it means to be connected. Connected. And how you can be connected in this church, uh, the, the other part of the, the body of Christ. And then there's a third word, and that word is, is the word discover. We want you to know why you're here. Let me read this verse, Isaiah, or Psalms chapter 139. Because this is powerful. Psalm 139 says this. Verse 13, for you created, this is the psalmist speaking to God, you created my inmost being, that's your spirit, your heart, the inside of you. You created my inmost being and you knit me together in my mother's womb. That's the physical part. But, But what it's showing is how intentional that God is for your life. How intentional that God was in planning and preparing and creating you. So he goes on. Because of all these things, because of You know, you created my spirit and you created my flesh. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My question to you this morning is, do you know that? Do you know that God was specific and intentional about you and about how he wired you and about how he created you and about how he put part of himself in you? Are you aware of that? Most people don't know that. Most people have been taught that they're trash, that they're unvaluable, that there's nothing good in them. But here's the best part. I think the best part of this, verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, my unformed body. All the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has a book about you before you ever lived a day on planet Earth. How many of you like to look at that book? And I don't see the part here where I screwed that up, and I don't see, you know—that's not part of God's plan for your life. But my point is this, God specifically created you with a purpose in mind that he took the time to write down in some kind of a book, and it says, at the point that you discover life on planet earth, there's a plan that I have for you. And part of the frustration in your life and part of the the, the joy in your life is when you figure out what it is that I'm doing, and then you participate in that. That's where the blessing comes from. Pastor John leads a class in, in our Discover class, helps you understand the wiring, the way that, you're, the way that, that you are, are, are wired. And so follow Jesus and be connected and, and discover the purpose. And, and the reason that we do all of those things as a family church teaching people is we want to reach our world. I want, you, I want to help you reach your world. God's planted us here in central Minnesota. I've had people say, well, you know, a lot of that money could be spent over in Africa because they need help. Yes, they do need help. Amen. And we support missions. We support missionaries. But I am a part. Understand, I'm a branch manager. (laughs) I am a part of a worldwide organization. And the goal of this worldwide organization is total and complete global domination. (laughs) Now, that might sound offensive to you. But it's what Jesus said when he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And it just so happens that my heavenly father, God, has planted me as a branch manager in central Minnesota. And I think he's saying, I want you to dominate this part of the world. That's what he's saying. Now, again, I'm not saying or declaring we're the only church. We're the. Be- I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is I have a part to play, and God's planted me here. He's planted you here. He's planted we here, and we need to make a difference, and that's the fourth word. The fourth word is serve. Everybody say serve. serve. We don't like that word, but it's a good word. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I've come to serve others. In 1 Peter 4, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And not all gifts are, are caffeinated, ADD, loudmouth, obnoxious like mine. Some of them are, are very organizational. Some of you love to organize stuff. You tick us off. But man, we need you. We need you. We need all of those gifts working together. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well for what purpose? To serve one another. Follow and connect. And then discover. And then take those three and serve. And you know what happens? God is glorified church touches and reaches people in central minnesota and we become a family church that's teaching people to reach into your world so that with your gift you can serve other people you can take this life that you have and you can give it to others so with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed this morning with nobody looking around and we're going to talk about this for the next couple of weeks got some more things to share with you as a highlight from last year and stuff but um If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, it's why we exist. We want to help you know God. And that first step is you saying yes to his plan. And his plan from the foundation, from the beginning, and his plan for why Jesus came in the first place was so that you could be saved from your past and redeemed into a great future. Jesus said that unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior and you want to, I'm going to offer you an invitation. Uh, I, I would love to pray with you just in, in, a, in a very informal setting. Just pray with you here. If you're here today and say, hey, Pastor, I, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, would you just lift your hand and say, uh, that would be me. Just hold your hand up real high just for a second. Anyone? Yes, ma'am, thank you. Yes, thank you. Anyone else this morning? Let's hold it up real high for a second. Let's all pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. I know I need a Savior. Jesus, I ask you to be the Savior of my life. I believe that you came to planet Earth. You lived a perfect life. You died for me. Your blood was enough. It forgave me of all my sin. I also believe that you're alive today, and I declare this morning, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I believe, and from this day forward, your life will be the guiding force of my life. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for these that have prayed this prayer for the first time, and I ask you, Father, that you would build into them power life. I thank you that their, their tomorrow will be different because of what they've done today and that, Father, they would find the joy of following you and connecting with other believers, of discovering their purpose and that, Father, they would take that and serve this great central Minnesota region with the love and power of God and we thank you for that and everybody said, Amen.
0: If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we would love to hear about it. Please email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.